Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Prescription opioid medication for chronic pain patients, a sometimes lifeline literally for chronic pain patients existing in 24-7 agony. I spoke with Marvin Ross, medical writer and publisher. He's been writing on chronic pain for the past year, regular contributor to the Huffington Post, and Kate Nicholson. She's a former U.S. civil rights attorney and health policy attorney who served for 20 years in the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. We had a lot to talk about on this issue of chronic pain patients and their need for prescription opioids. Marvin Ross is a medical writer, publisher in Ontario. He's been writing on chronic pain for the past year. He's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post. His most recent columns are Recall, of high-dose opioids proposed in Canada, and ignoring the evidence in Canada, both columns appeared on the Pain News Network online um, magazine and uh, Canada, the United States. Mar- Marvin, where's your, where's your focus? Re-legal, uh, manufactured by pharmaceutical companies for chronic pain patients, opioid medications. The system uh, refusal to acknowledge the hell that chronic pain patients live with and, and except for the sake of quality of life, each pain patient's requirement, requirements for prescription opioids is different. They won't accept that. Um, they won't. And as far as I'm concerned, this is an enormous moral failure on the part of both the medical profession and policymakers. I mean, we it doesn't take a rocket science, as you said earlier, to know that the source of the overdoses is illegal fentanyl. Uh, we know that, and yet, for some bizarre reason, maybe it was because pain patients are low-hanging fruit. Uh, they're in pain. They can't run very fast. So let's take away their opioid medications, and maybe the big bad problem of overdose deaths will go away. Well, the deaths haven't gone away. They've gotten more and more as time goes on. And we've got pain patients who are living in absolute uh, horror that their prescriptions won't be refilled. They'll be abused by pharmacists. And all because they're unfortunate to have conditions uh, through accidents, medical malpractice, or diseases that give them lifelong pain. And... Um, you know, if the government and policymakers knew what they were doing when they set out to do all of this, then they really should be tried as criminals because it is criminal. It's inhumane. And if well, you know, it's interesting because, and, and uh, you know, some, I don't know if it's many, some pharmacies, some pharmacists are, are, uh, or some pharmacies are refusing, pharmacy chains are refusing, certainly in the United States, to yeah, fill, and, any, fill any opioid prescriptions. Yeah, some. and they are here, and doctors are refusing to fill prescriptions. Because they're afraid. Um, 
or they're uh, you know well, they read the guidelines and they don't realize they're guidelines they're to be taken with not with a grain of salt but they're not written in in stone and uh, i mean just last night i got an email from one of my contacts who went to a new doctor she has lupus and rheumatoid arthritis both extremely painful conditions and the doctor said i won't give you more than 18 milligrams of an opioid per day when for years she needs and has been taking far more and she's not an addict um she's not addicted so uh, so based on what your 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 research um and the people you've spoken with and there are people who won't speak with you, and I'd invite them to be on this program with you and me, and they won't do it. Um, based on what you've found out, why is this not changing? I spoke to a chronic pain patient not long ago who told me, here's what I live with. Imagine going every, every second of the day or every minute of the day. Imagine having major surgery without any anesthetic. He said, that's what I live with. Yeah. Uh, why nobody listens, I really don't know. Um, either they have no heart or soul, um, or they're so they realize that what they've done is wrong, and they don't have the guts to reverse it. And the ones I'm most angry at um, are the doctors because they just go along with this. At least the American Medical Association put out. Um, a statement saying what you're doing to our patients is wrong. But Canadian doctors, except for a few, are just continuing on with this policy. Well, my my friend, I have to stop it there because, as usual, you know, we get to a certain time of the hour and that's it. But, but I will have you back because there's more to be said, and I do hope that at least one or two of the doctors we invited and uh, and maybe the College of Physicians and Surgeons. Yeah, well, in they Ontario, know who they are who refuse to come on. Well, so. they know who they are. Let's and they won't even they reply do. anymore when they get the invitation. Thank you, Marvin. Okay, thank you, Roy. Great, great talking to you. Pleasure. Yeah. Marvin Ross. In 2017, the Canadian Guideline for Opioids for Chronic Non Cancer Pain, in that guideline, these words appear. In Ontario, annual admissions for publicly funded treatment programs for opioid-related problems doubled between 2004 and 2013, from 8,799 to 18,232. When I quizzed Professor Jason Busa, the editor of the guideline, about how many of the individuals making use of these publicly funded treatments were generic drug addicts and what percentage was comprised of opioid-prescribed pain patients, Professor Busse admitted he didn't know. There is no breakdown. When I interviewed then-Federal Minister of Health Dr. Jane Philpott on the issue of withholding opioids from chronic agony patients, the minister had no answers. She repeatedly insisted my questions were, quote, fantastic, end quote. Her answers, however, were dreadful, and she clearly could not make the case for cutting back opioid medication from chronic agony patients. The federal government right now has a public service announcement on television, and if you and it has to do with uh, with with opioids. And if you listen to the to the words very carefully, they conflate the reality of the pain patient with the illegal drugs, the criminal drugs uh, brought into the country that we just talked to Sam Cooper about. It listen to the wording; it is so devious. 
if you listen, when you when you see it next, listen to the wording. You'll get it. You'll understand. So what's at play here? Kate Nicholson, uh, J.D., is uh, the author of a column that appeared or is appearing in statnews.com. It's a medical um, publication online. And the headline of the column is Overzealous Use of CDC's Opioid Prescribing Guideline is Harming Pain Patients. I should mention here as well that uh, the CDC guidelines were the basis for the Canadian guidelines. Kate's been on this program in the past. She's back. Hi, Kate. Thank you for taking the time. Good morning, Wright. It's nice to be here with you. The opening paragraph of your column shares a very personal story told by the American Medical Association's president, which involved prescription opioids. Could you share that with us? Yes. Um, it was a story that was uh, told at the AMA's interim meeting by uh, Dr. McEnany, who is a cancer doctor. She had prescribed opioids to a patient of hers who had uh, quite severe pain from prostate cancer that had spread to his bones. And when the gentleman went in to fill the prescription that she had written for him, his pharmacist called him a drug seeker and refused to um, fill the prescription. And this was an older gentleman, a proud gentleman, and he was humiliated. And so he went home hoping to endure his pain. Um, but three days able, he was on three days later, excuse me, he was unable to, and he tried to kill himself as a result of not having appropriate medication for his pain. Um, fortunately, his his family found him in time and he survived. But this story, which was told um, at the AMA meeting, is happening more and more frequently to uh, pain patients, to legitimate pain patients for whom opioid prescriptions are appropriate and medically necessary. And we've spoken to quite a number of these pain patients over the last couple of years since we've been on this issue, and some of the stories we've heard and some of the stories shared by the pain patients on the air have absolutely been horrific. I, I don't know if I mentioned, and I, I should have, your uh, U.S. civil rights attorney and health policy attorney who served for 20 years in the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, and you drafted the current regulations under the Americans with Disabilities Act and you've managed litigation nationwide in the United States. So the CDC guidelines for prescribing opioids has done what? Can we just pull in the margins on this since 2016? What have they done? Yeah. Well, what's happening in the United States is largely those guidelines being misapplied um, in the sort of rush to stem um, the escalating issue of opioid overdose opioid overdose deaths, which we know are largely due to, as you have reported earlier, illegally manufactured fentanyl, heroin, and in the United States also stimulants like uh, cocaine and methamphetamines that are tainted with with fentanyl. Um, Nevertheless, um, the CDC issued guidelines in 2016, and those guidelines were intended as guidance, first of all, for primary care physicians, not pain specialists, but primary care physicians who in the United States were taking care of more and more uh, patients in pain. And they basically laid out a number of things, which uh, many of which were sensible, like, you know, opioids shouldn't be the first line of treatment. They should be prescribed at the lowest uh, possible dose for the shortest period of time. But there were a couple provisions um, that have gone on to form in the United States the basis of several laws and mandates that are really harming patients. Um, The first one was a provision that said for acute pain, not chronic pain, but acute pain, you won't often need more than 
three to seven days of, of a prescription opioid. And that provision was intended to limit the situation that we know has happened of people sort of having spare opioids left in medicine, cab- medicine cabinets or opioids that they share with, with family or friends. Because we know from the surveys that have done in, been done in the United States on drug use, on alcohol use, that most people who misuse uh, prescription opioids didn't receive them from a doctor. They got them from someone else's medicine cabinet. They bought them on the street. They got them from family and friends. So that part of the CDC guidance was really trying to, to limit the supply of excess opioids that were out there. Um, and now in half of the United States, half of the states, um, that is now law. A doctor cannot prescribe for more than three to seven days in half of the U.S. states, uh, regardless of the severity of someone's uh, injury for acute pain, regardless of you know what how serious their surgery was. Um, and that is having an effect on pain patients who are really exempt from those laws for chronic pain and palliative care uh, because they're having trouble when they go, you know, to um, to the pharmacy to, to fill their prescriptions. Um, a lot of major pharmacy chains have also adopted that same sort of policy. Um, the other thing that's, the, that's been really, I think, misapplied um, in the United States was the CDC's guidance about dosage. Um, they sort of had a recommended uh, equivalent, morphine equivalent milligram dosage for pe- people who had never taken opioids before, how much you should prescribe um, in order to an opioid naive patient. Um, unfortunately, that dosage guidance has now been incorporated into pharmacy policies and insurance company policies in the United States and is being used as a basis for denying people fills for their medication and um, sort of oversight, the drug enforcement agent oversight into sort of how much medication um, a doctor is prescribing. There's, there's, um, it's really been sort of weaponized. Mm-hmm. If a doctor prescribes a certain, you know, morphine equivalent uh, milligram to pain patients, um, they're tagged or flagged by the drug enforcement agent, by state medical boards, um, without really looking at what, you know, what kind of patient? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, ta- I've talked to I've talked to physicians in this country, and to patients of physicians who have said, "Look, the doctors have told me they won't say it on the air, but they've told me that uh, they will not prescribe um, opioids because their medical license is too important yeah. to them, and that's that's not an unusual or an increasingly uh, unsurprising statement to hear." No, it's happening more and more um, in the U.S. And in fact, when in the article for STAT, um, we cite uh, numerous surveys where where physicians have basically said as much. They're closing their practices. They're not seeing pain patients or they're tapering everyone down to this preset level, which, you know, as I said, the CDC never intended to apply this to people who are currently using opioids. This was a sort of dosing guidance for beginning some opioids. So really, those those guidelines have been vastly uh, misapplied by regulators, by legislatures, by um, the drug enforcement agency, and it's creating a very hostile environment for the treatment. Of and the patient, the patient is the one who suffers. Chronic pain has almost become a throwaway phrase. You know, uh, we, we've ha- heard politicians say, "Well, just take an aspirin and get over it." You know, Jeff Sessions, the right. former uh, head of the Justice Department uh, or former Attorney General of the United States, said that. But look, the fact is here, and you you have this in your column. The fact is. Opioid prescribing is at an 18-year low and has dropped every year since 2011. 
yet drug overdose deaths have skyrocketed during those years. It doesn't take uh, a, a mathematics major to figure out what the reality is here. Right? I mean, that's correct. The, 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 the prescribing is down and the overdose deaths are up. So, where's the, you know, who's dying from it? You, you can figure that out. Yeah. Uh, also, let me just, we have about a minute left. The CDC writes the risk of addiction with long-term use of prescribed opioids is 0.07%, if I have that correctly, which would yeah. mean addiction levels for opioid prescription patients are extremely low. Yes. I mean, it, it, the CDC had a range, 0.726%. So, right. But that includes people with, with pre-existing vulnerabilities like concurrent mental health issues and people who have used drugs in the past or have a history of addiction, that higher range. So even with that, it's, it's remarkably low. Yeah. Um, there's just been this sort of exposure narrative in the media that if you're exposed to an opioid, you're going to become addicted and die. And that's just breaks down entirely in the data. And you know, as you've told us before, you know the facts of this, you know the reality of it, because you were a chronic pain patient, and you very, very reluctantly went on opioids um, for, I think it was 20 years, right? You were on them for 20 years? Yeah, I was on them for about 18 years. Um, And they made the difference for you. They allowed you to to function. You're not not taking them anymore, but but they allowed you to function and do your work and live your life. Kate, Kate, it's always good talking to you. Thank you so much. So the the uh, the column is in stat.com. Yes. And uh, I'm just looking for the re- uh, what was the what's the headline? What's the, um, here it is. Overzealous, yeah, overzealous use of CDC's opioid prescribing guideline is harming pain patients. By Kate Nicholson. Kate, thank you for talking to us today. All the best. My pleasure, Roy. Take care. Bye bye. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.